You're listening to The Edge with Aaron Karolnik, giving you the expert advantage in the world of gambling and fantasy. Off and running here on The Edge, right here on TSN 1050. We are streaming worldwide at tsn1050.ca. Make sure to subscribe, to rate, and review the podcast. Just search The Edge on Apple Podcasts. To be honest, not sure if that'll actually work, but pretty good chance it will. What a show we have lined up for you on this Thursday morning. A couple of do-or-die games in the NBA. We have Portland and Denver. Denver looking to extend the sorry, Portland looking to extend the series to seven games after Damian Lillard just put on a prolific performance, putting up 55 points in their most recent game. And LeBron James, he might need to put up 55 if Anthony Davis is out today um, because LeBron James, 14-0 in his career, in the first round of the NBA playoffs, that could very well turn to 14-1 and tonight if the Lakers can't get it done in Game 6 at home as two-point favorites against the Phoenix Suns, who have been just so impressive so far in this first round. Looking at the ice, two Game 3s. It's Tampa and it's Carolina. Tampa at home tonight after winning the first two on the road. Tampa's a minus-155 favorite, while the Boston Bruins, and what a series that's been with the New York Islanders. They are slight favorites tonight on the road. But let's begin with what happened on the ice last night. Of course, the talk of the sports world, well, maybe here in Canada, Montreal and Winnipeg, and the result, a surprising one for me. I loved Winnipeg heading into Game 1, considering the whole rest versus rust narrative. I thought Winnipeg, with nine days off prior to the series beginning, compared to Montreal, who just came off a hard-fought seven-game series against the Maple Leafs, I thought Winnipeg was going to steamroll them in Game 1, and that did not happen. We know that Winnipeg... A big 5-3 to three win in the first game. Oh, sorry, Montreal, a big 5-3 win in the first game. And we need to talk about the Mark Shifley, Jake Evans situation as well. But first, let's welcome in Justin Cuthbert, who covers the Toronto Maple Leafs and the National Hockey League for Yahoo Sports. Good morning, Justin. What's going on? Well, not much. Uh, just sort of getting my bearings after another busy and long night in the NHL, I suppose, with the uh, late game going to overtime. Yes, absolutely, and that's a game we'll get to as well with uh, Colorado Miko Rantanen with that just filthy snipe in OT to put Colorado up 2 nothing over Vegas. Justin, let's start with what happened with Montreal last night. In the, in the news uh, this morning uh, from a number of outlets, uh, NHL player safety saying that this will not be an in-person hearing for Mark Shifley, and if you missed the hit, I'd be surprised if you did. Jake Evans skating behind the net with an empty net, um, trying to wrap the puck around. The puck goes in the net, and Mark Shifley, from the other side of the rink, skating down and absolutely destroys Jake Evans. He's lying on the ice, and Mark and Mark Shifley absolutely crushes him. He's going to get a suspense, suspension, Justin. How long do you think this is going to be? Yeah, I mean, I guess we know it's going to be under five, which I think makes sense. Uh, I think it's hard when Mark Shifley pretty much has zero rap sheet, zero history, and zero precedent for this for himself uh, to go much more beyond that. It is a strange one because it's not a technically dirty hit, and it's certainly not a technically dirty player. Um, But the clear intent to injure there 
is there. Yeah. I mean, he's clearly trying to punish a player for having the audacity of sliding the puck into an empty net, and he <laughs> makes no attempt to play the puck, which, you know, if you go by the rules, and again, there's, it's sort of, you know, this is how it works in law, right? Like something happens and you have to try to find a way to punish that person uh, because there's a lot of gray area in this stuff. And I think intent to injure, you can pull that out of the handbook and and use it in this uh, ruling pretty easily because uh, Mark Scheifele does, decides not to play hockey in that moment and decides to take his pound of flesh instead. Uh, and I think that's all you really need in order to levy a suspension, which I assume will probably be between two and four games. Yeah, I think that's a safe assumption at this point. And that's a major loss for Winnipeg, who already were without Paul Stasny last night. So you're talking about two of the top six forwards. And let's not understate the importance of Jake Evans for Montreal. Certainly in the last couple of games in the Leafs series, he was an important forward for the Canadians. You imagine he will be out for a while. So you think about this series as a whole, and I don't know where you stood on Winnipeg and Montreal prior to the series, but I loved Winnipeg. I really did. I, I bet them quite significantly in a number of spots to win the series, to win game one. How do you think this Shifley-Evans thing plays out as far as how it will affect the rest of the series from a betting perspective? Yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, I stayed away because I thought I knew everything about the North Division coming into these playoffs, and clearly I didn't taking the Toronto Maple Leafs and Edmonton Oilers to get through, while everything else seems to be somewhat straightforward in the league, even though... Uh, you know, we didn't probably watch as much of the other games as we should have during the balance of the regular season. Uh, I'm with you, though. I, I thought that Winnipeg would have the edge. I wasn't sure if I bought into the emotional letdown narrative as much as maybe you did because um, Montreal's feeling good about itself while the Winnipeg Jets had a lot of time to stew and probably prepare for the Toronto Maple Leafs, which might have backfired. Um, but with Montreal, it's sort of astounding, right? Not only did they beat the Maple Leafs, but they seem to have absorb their powers a little bit uh, all of a sudden this team is uh you know they were trying to lose in the most dignified way possible at the start two weeks ago against the Leafs and now they're sending Shea Weber in on stretch passes because he's cherry picking on the power play like it just a complete change in uh attitude and ambition from them and what's most impressive I think is that they're just rolling four lines deep now we saw this crazy hard match with Philip Deneau on Austin Matthews throughout the first round and in game one, we just saw Jesperi Kutkinemi find himself out on the ice against Mark Shifley, and really there was no issue from Dominic Ducharme. So I think they feel a lot more comfortable in this series, and I think with Mark Shifley out, likely for two to four games, as we sort of predict, that they're going to find their footing even more um, easily now you know, in these games moving forward. I think Montreal will be confident in their ability to beat Winnipeg, especially without Mark Shifley there, because their best weapon is now, or the centerpiece, I guess, of their best weapon, which is their top line, is now not available. So uh, I think the balance of power certainly swings in Montreal's direction with the game one victory, but this added, you know, cherry on top at the end of the game, and I shouldn't probably call it that because it's a horrible thing of what happened to Jake Evans, but it certainly works in Montreal's favor. Justin Cuthbert covers the NHL and the Toronto Maple Leafs for Yahoo Sports, and we'll get to the Maple Leafs in just a moment because I know you were part of all of the Zoom calls with the Maple Leafs brass and players yesterday, and we have some props courtesy of Aaron Sportsbook to get to. But let's talk about Colorado, who went up 2 nothing over Vegas. And on the subject of Vegas, the sportsbooks down there love the Avalanche to go all the way to the Stanley Cup and win it. They are heavy favorites 
and I think has to some of this has to be attributed to the reality that Colorado is going to be playing one of Montreal or Winnipeg in round three, while Tampa, presuming they get past Carolina, will have the more difficult matchup. Do you think that's a fair way to look at it? And would you be laying any money at Colorado plus 150, plus 160 to win the Cup, or do you think there could be some value with Tampa Bay or somebody else? Yeah, plus 150, plus 160 is tough. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen a favorite um, that clear at this point in the playoffs, at least in a very long time. It is pretty astounding uh, how the books view Colorado, and understandably so. I mean, this team hasn't lost in the playoffs yet, and they look like an absolute juggernaut. Like, they just look unstoppable. They look like a team that should be trivializing everything else that's happening in the Stanley Cup playoffs because they're just bound and destined to win based on how talented they are. Now, I will say... They, uh, it all sort of came crashing down and came the other way in the second and third periods of uh, Game 2 versus the Vegas Golden Knights. What they had done to Vegas in Game 1, Vegas was doing to them in Game 2 with one caveat. They couldn't score, and that's been Vegas's big problem over the last two playoffs is that they just can't score enough based on how much of the puck that they own. Um, I still really believe in Colorado. I'm glad that I bet preseason, midseason, at the start of these playoffs, I've been trying to get as much money in on Colorado as possible because I feel like they are um, clear favorites and I feel like you might have to now because the price is what it is get a little bit more creative and look at Con Smythe and all that even though that might be ballooned on a guy like Nathan McKinnon maybe Philip, Philip Grubauer's a look as well um, but I think it's justified it's strange and, there, and we haven't seen this in a very long time I don't think um, but I, I do think it's warranted. I am glad you mentioned, Justin, the idea of betting on the con Smythe as opposed to a team outright. And it's a lot, it's very similar to the Super Bowl, right? Where, yeah, maybe you like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl at, let's call it plus 120, but you could bet Tom Brady at plus 250 to win the Super Bowl MVP. And ultimately, you obviously come out a lot better off when Brady wins the MVP and the Bucs win the game. So you're talking about, it's funny, McKinnon is actually a bigger favorite to win the con Smythe than Colorado is to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> which really doesn't make any sense to me, but I suppose it, it makes sense on some level. If you're looking at the next, it's Andre Vasilevsky for Tampa. So clearly the sportsbook's looking at Colorado-Tampa as the inevitable Stanley Cup final, and man, what a Stanley Cup final that would be. Uh, let's talk about the Leafs for a second, and Chris, 20 Fingers, our technical producer, if you want to hit it, let's do it now. Hey, that Aaron Karolna guy, he's a hell of a handicapper, huh? He's so good he could change the odds of any bookmaker in the world. His numbers were so sharp. We gave him his own sports book. This is Aaron's sports book. That's right. When Bill C218 passes, if Bill C218 passes, we're all very hopeful that it does. Aaron Sportsbook, multiple locations all across King West, much like cannabis stores. If you live downtown, you know about the cannabis stores on every corner. We'll have sportsbooks in every corner. And one of the props that you'll find in the sportsbook, at least until after free agency, is will Zach Hyman return to Toronto next season? Yes is at minus 200. No is at plus 150, Justin. Where does your money lie on that prop? Uh, well, maybe the uh, multiple locations at Aaron Sportsbook knows something I don't. Um, but I do think that's decent value if you're willing to pay the price. Uh, clearly, 
both the Maple Leafs and Zach Hyman want the same outcome. And when in the NHL, two sides want the same outcome and they're going to be reasonable with their negotiations, which I would expect, more often than not, it gets done. Um, but I do think the big question with Hyman is, are you paying him as a top-line winger, a potential Olympian, or are you paying him as a worker? Um, and if Hyman takes even a single page out of the negotiation handbook for Mitch Marner wanting, wanting maximum turn and dollar, I do have concerns for Hyman for a couple reasons. I, I think in the first-round series, we saw more of his limitations on display than his strength. I think I, some of the very best chances the Maple Leafs produced in the series were Hyman's, and he failed to put the puck into the net. And that's just because Zach Hyman isn't a great finisher. Um, and the other thing is that Zach Hyman's injury history is, you know, starting to show its effects, I think. Uh, at least in the playoffs, he looked like the player that was dealing with multiple knee injuries in the last two years. Maybe that crash and bang forecheck style is starting to take its effect. So if he wants premium dollar in term, I think you have to be very careful. But I don't feel like this is a guy who's going to drive a hard bargain. I think the Maple Leafs and Hyman want the same thing, so I think it gets done. Yeah, it's going to be a, a really fascinating situation. We know Hyman's a hometown kid, loves playing for the Leafs, all the endorsement deals, his company based in Toronto. But I think we could pretty much make it a safe assumption that he will get more money and more term if he does indeed leave Toronto. I guess the question will be have him having to weigh those two possibilities and looking at the Maple Leafs offer versus some, and the, the team that continually comes up for Hyman is the Edmonton Oilers. And, Will Edmonton really de- uh, dig deep into their pockets for Hyman and pay him five plus five and a half plus million dollars a year? I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, on the subject of five million per year, that's what Frederick Anderson was earning over the past five seasons. We know he's a free agent this summer. The number in Aaron's sportsbook is five million per year again on his next deal. Justin, are you taking the over or the under on Freddie? Uh, way under, uh, definitely taking the under on this. I mean, if you look at last year, um, it was a very crowded goaltending carousel, which obviously sort of dilutes the numbers a little bit, but there was premium guys that went on the open market. Jacob Markstrom went for 6 million. Robin Leonard, after his great playoff performance, went for five. Corey Crawford, not around anymore, but he went for less than four. Um, Holpe, I think less than five as well with Vancouver, um, so that sort of sets a precedent. And I think you have to have serious momentum and performing at the league's like top level to make a reasonable amount on the open market now with or without term. Uh, and Freddie Anderson just has not done any of that. He doesn't have that momentum. He lost his job this season. He posted a sub 900 save percentage. He's dealing with the effects of an injury he suffered this year. And he's several years removed from performing at a top level or at least a level that would be considered above average in the NHL. Um, I think maybe if he wants term, the Cam Talbot deal they signed with Minnesota, where I think it was three years, 11 million, that makes a lot of sense to me. But I, I definitely think a prove it contract is on the table for Freddie. And I don't think that comes over $5 million, even when, you know, that one year deal, you can get that high value because, uh, you know, the team is, is just has you know enough room that year, and they don't want to make that commitment in the future. Um, but I just don't see that. I just don't see a scenario where Freddie Anderson's earning more than five million, or more than he's earning, uh, or has earned for the last five years. You're listening to the Edge here on TSN 1050. I'm Aaron Korolnik. Justin Cuthbert of Yahoo Sports is our guest. We're going through Aaron's sports book, a set of fictional props that I have made up in my fictional sports book. And let's wrap with this one, Justin. 
Jason Spezza, Joe Thornton, Wayne Simmons, all free agents at season's end. The over-under is 1.5 of them returning to the Maple Leafs next season. What do you think of that one? I like this one. If it's even money, I'd go with the over. Um, Jason Spezza is a lock. He wants to be back. I think Dubas basically excluded him from the list of things that he has to worry about in the summer when he was talking about the UFA challenges. So Spezza's coming back, 700000 He might even get a raise, but he's a lock. So pencil him into that fourth-line role. So then it comes down to just one of Thornton or Simmons. Um, I personally wouldn't have either back. I think both failed to live up to their end of the bargain. And I just don't see a scenario at all where Joe Thornton returns. I just don't think he provided any value beyond what he may have said or did in the dressing room. Um, But with Simmons, I could see him back on a deal that he's more likely to live up to, which would be about half the cash. I mean, with all the change that needs to happen for the Maple Leafs, with Simmons, the familiarity, the ease to which this conversation could go, and more importantly, I think Simmons probably realizing that he isn't worth much more than the veteran veteran minimum anymore i could see those variables you know paving a path toward simmons staying around uh and the overhitting in this regard he is justin cuthbert you can follow him at jc cuthbert on twitter his work can be found at yahoo sports he does a terrific job i would encourage you to follow him and read and watch all of his great content alongside his great colleagues at yahoo thank you for doing this my friend as always look forward to having you back down the road later in the nhl playoffs good talking man thanks for having me on all right, Justin Cuthbert from Yahoo Sports. Not the NHL playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's something I should know, and I apologize. We're going to shift from hockey to hoops. Here. I know, it's true. Phil, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I let you down. I let you down. We're shifting from the ice to the hard court. Some huge basketball games tonight. I'm going to be staying up late watching LeBron and the Lakers try to stave off elimination at the hands of the Phoenix Suns. Can Phoenix get it done tonight? They are two-point underdogs on the road in L.A. I think this all hinges on the health of Anthony Davis and that wonky groin. We're going to be talking to Harley Redlick, the man banned from international sports books worldwide, with his thoughts on that game, futures in the NBA and the NHL, and much more. That's next on The Edge. You're listening to The Edge with Aaron Karolnik, giving you the expert advantage in the world of gambling and fantasy. And that's when I thought you ran, it would have been out of me. Gotta get the loud luxury going, talking about the NBA playoffs in 2021. Some wild stuff has already occurred, and I can guarantee you more coming tonight. Welcome back to The Edge here on TSN 1050. I'm Aaron Karolnik. Of course, we're talking about the NBA playoffs tonight. A couple of game sixes. First, Portland and Denver. Portland is a five-point favorite over the Nuggets after a legendary, legendary game five for Damian Lillard where it just seemed every time Portland needed a bucket in the fourth quarter in overtime and double overtime, Damian Lillard was there to give it to them. And, of course, the main event, LeBron James and the Lakers hosting the Phoenix Suns. LeBron James, 14-0 in his postseason career in the first round. Will that record cease to exist anymore. Actually, Robert Ory and Derek Fisher, 16-0 and in their NBA careers in the first round. A man who has never missed in any round is Harley Redlick. 
You know him from Sharp Edge Picks on Twitter. You know him as the man banned from international sports books worldwide. He has won millions on ProLine, and he has been on the mark for us whenever he's joined the show. Let's welcome him in. Good morning, Harley. What's up? I'm good. I'm good, Aaron. I uh, need to clarify to your listeners, I miss, I miss a lot. But when you're taking dogs, you can miss a little more than half the time and still be up a nice pile of money. So uh, I do miss. I just try to hit the dogs often enough to make a living. So let's talk about the dogs tonight, my man. I mean, there's a couple of them. Denver on the road in Portland, Phoenix on the road in L.A., and I think everyone's going to be hesitant to bet on the Lakers and Suns until we know the exact status of Anthony Davis, considering if he's in the lineup, the Lakers are a dramatically different team. What do you like on tonight's board, my man? I like the Suns on the money line plus 115, and it makes no difference to me whether or not the Brow plays. And I'll tell you why. He's got a questionable groin. He's been playing hurt. So him playing or not playing is not a big difference. Would you rather have a 50% Anthony Davis or a 90 or or 100% more of Kuzma or someone else? I mean, Anthony Davis has been mediocre at best this playoffs when he's playing, and it's not a knock on Anthony Davis. I think he's a top-five NBA player when he's healthy, but he's clearly not healthy. So whether his groin is marginally better and he plays and plays mediocrely or he doesn't play to me is not a big difference. The Suns are clearly the better team in this series, and I think they're going to finish off LeBron and the Lakers tonight. I love that, and and I'm sure the, throughout the day, and I'm going to guess that Anthony Davis suits up tonight. That would be my, just, just, just based on what I've read and what I've heard from the NBA insiders south of the border, it seems like they were saving Davis for game six with the kind of the idea that they would lose game five, and you're going to see him back tonight. And we know how good the Lakers have been with LeBron and Anthony Davis together, but this is not the same LeBron that we saw last year in the bubble, considering his ankle injury. Certainly not the same Anthony Davis. So I think you could be onto something there, and there could definitely be value uh, on Phoenix. And we should actually go back, Harley, because uh, a couple of weeks ago we had you on the show, and we were talking about this inevitable Bucks versus Nets series. And you were a big fan of betting either Philly or Milwaukee. I was the guy backing. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, and, and it remains to be seen how this all works out. But when you look at the top of the Eastern Conference right now and Atlanta advancing past uh, the Knicks last night, where do you see the value in betting in the East at this point? I mean, I'm still happy with our best fade, uh, the Nets. I don't think that trio of egomaniac head cases can deal <laughs> with a tough team like the Bucks, and then a tough team like the Sixers in a long series, one of them's going to get injured. There's going to be a play at the end of the game where they're fighting over each other for the ball. Like, honestly, there's one play left at the end of the game. You're down by a point. Who are you drawing up a play for? Who's getting the ball? Like, if it's not Kyrie, Kyrie's walking off the court storming in that. So, I mean, Harden wants the ball. Durant's probably the best of the three. So, I I still don't think – that plays out. There's, there, there, there isn't a team there. And to get through two more tough, grueling series is, I mean, the Sixers should coast against the Hawks, and they'll be waiting. And I don't mind the Bucks. The Bucks are uh, just under two-to-one dogs, and the Greek freak and company are, are a tough team. 
It's uh, it is Bucks and Brook is the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets. That series tips off on Saturday night. The over under in Game One two thirty nine and a half. The highest ever over under in NBA playoff history. So you're talking about the first and second ranked offensive teams. So if uh, if you're looking at betting a total between Milwaukee and Brooklyn, I mean that is a big big number to look at and I mean I don't know about you Harley but I know you're a guy who likes to go contrarian perhaps the under could be a play uh, you mentioned Atlanta who and, and the series odds were just released for Atlanta and Philly and we don't know the status of Joel Embiid who has that meniscus tear but Atlanta's only plus 155 or sorry I mean I mean, guess I guess I would look at it this way Philly is only minus 175 to beat Atlanta and certainly Joel Embiid's injury factors into that his uncertainty coming into this series but that seems like a pretty short price to back Philly who's been the class of the east against Atlanta was great against the Knicks but I think it's a whole different ball game against uh, this defensive juggernaut assuming everyone's healthy in the Sixers. Yeah, but everybody's not healthy, and Bead is injured. I mean, if you looked at the line last night, uh, the Sixers were only a six-point favorite at home to a pretty mediocre Wizards team. That line was nine points when Embiid is playing. Embiid is a big factor into the line, and the the betting line reflects the fact that Embiid is probably not going to play in that series or maybe come back late in the series if it goes that far. So when you've got to evaluate the talent, you're evaluating the Sixers' talent in an NBA star-studded league without probably their best player. So Let's go. Yeah, no, and you're, you're absolutely right. The, jo- the Joel Embiid situation. And, and, and it's, tough to hand- it's tough to handicap these situations where some teams rally around the absence of their star. Embiid is very, very good. The Sixers are a pretty good team without them. The line, I think, is probably about price right. Make sure to follow Harley Redlick on Twitter at Sharp Edge Picks. He has a lot of sharp picks, most of them contrarian. So if you're looking for chalky picks, make sure to visit me on Twitter at Aaron <laughs> underscore Karolnik. Let's go to the ice. And we have Boston and the Islanders tonight. That's the early game. And Carolina-Tampa play at 8 o'clock. Tampa's up 2-0. Boston and the Islanders 1-1. Which team are you backing? I'm going to guess you're on Carolina tonight, Harley. That's my prediction. No, that's a pass. The Lightning are the better team. The Lightning are at home. I like the Islanders to upset the Bruins plus 125. Uh, The Bruins ended the season hot to get home ice in this series. They have the big-name playoff-savvy performers. I know Leafs fans are just getting over the M&M choke job from last week, but they're still haunted by Pasternak, Bergeron, and Marchand. Like, those three guys would have virtually gotten shut out at home in a Game 7 versus a weak team the way Marner and Matthews did. Um, I do respect the Bruins, but the bet's the Islanders. Why? Home ice? One. That means something south of the border where real fans are banging on the glass. The Islanders have announced a virtual sellout tonight as most of the arena is going to be vaccinated-only sections. I'm sure we've seen highlights of Jay games at Buffalo on the third base side. You basically pack in fans again. The Islanders have been solid all year. Their plus minus was about the same as the Bruins. They won their last three versus the Penguins and outplayed them in the series. To me, on paper, the Islanders and Bruins are similar, hard-fought, gritty teams. The Bruins have the history, so the betters back them no different than the betters backing the Lakers and LeBron. And while I think LeBron's in a category with Brady and the Goats. I like Phoenix because they're more talented and you're getting plus money. 
I like the Islanders tonight because you're getting plus money at home on a very good team. Harley, I want to get your thoughts on NHL futures, the Stanley Cup futures board, where Colorado is a plus 135. You have Tampa up at plus 270, then Boston at plus 550, then you go all the way down to the Islanders at plus 1,200. Do you see any value on the board here, or do you think it's seemingly inevitable that we're going to see one of Colorado or Tampa Bay lift the cup? Uh, I mean, if you want to take the Islanders at 12 to 1, if you like my bet tonight, if they win tonight, so where are they? They're up 2-1 in the series. Yep. They, if you think they're going to advance, I mean, then they got to, oh, God, they got to go through Tampa and then Colorado. I mean, the roads are daunting. I mean, Colorado, after that overtime win last night, is up 2 nothing on Vegas. Uh, what are they going to do next? Play Montreal or Winnipeg? I yep. mean, they haven't lost yet. They're 6-0. and They're so speedy on the ice, it's insane. I mean, they look like the class of the league. I would never bet them plus 135 to win another two-and-a-half playoff series is, and I wouldn't count Vegas out because they're Vegas and they know how to win. Uh, there's not much I like on the NHL board props-wise. I mean, as the series is progressed, you, you get a better and better feel, and I mean, there's not much there. That's a pass to me. As we were talking to Justin Cuthbert of Yahoo Sports earlier, Harley, Nathan McKinnon mm-hmm. is a bigger favorite to win the Conn Smythe than the Colorado Avalanche are to win the Stanley Cup, which is kind of a, yeah. like a mind-blowing thought. It doesn't really make sense, but McKinnon has been so, so good at this so point. I guess it's implying, it's implying the possibility yeah. that he could win it even as the losing team. 100%, Aaron. It's funny. I made a note as you were marveling on that comment. Basically, what the odds makers are saying is, McKinnon's been so dominant that if Colorado wins the cup, he's the MVP. So that's done. So that's the plus 135. Then what happens if uh, they play a team like the Islanders who are well-balanced without a star and the Islanders win it in a seven-game hard-fought series and McKinnon's got twice as many points as any Islander? I mean, he gets it in a losing effort. It's happened a couple times in NHL history. I want to say Hextall won it as a dog um j.s jaguar j.s jaguar won it right like sometimes it sometimes happens with like like a carry price right if the montreal canadians lost the cup in seven to colorado i mean maybe price wins or not colorado they can't beat colorado i guess they could beat like a tampa in seven games where you're like whoa carry price carried them through four rounds this team stinks without him but uh I mean, I guess it's possible if Colorado wins it and it, like, uh, loses in a tough series in the finals, then McKinnon still wins the consmite. Make sure to follow Harley at Sharp Edge Picks on Twitter for all of his best bets nightly. A contrarian gambler, a guy who uses the numbers to his, to his advantage. And you're a sports law professor, Harley. You should know better than anyone how to game the system, and that's what you've been doing and why you've been so successful, not only as a gambler, but as a guest on our show. So thank you for doing this, my friend, and we would love to have you back on soon. Thanks a lot. I look forward to having you. Enjoy the games tonight, Aaron. All right. Harley Redlick. Follow him on Twitter, Sharp Edge Picks. Let's go down to Vegas on the other side of the break. Johnny Avello, who sets the lines for DraftKings Sportsbook, and it's Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather on Sunday night. And while it is not available on DraftKings, and Johnny will explain why, the odds may surprise you. Plus, where is the money coming as far as the Lakers and the Suns in Game 6 tonight? That's coming up next on The Edge. You're listening to The Edge with Aaron Karolnik. 
giving you the expert advantage in the world of gambling and fantasy. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. Let's get down to business with our man Johnny Avello from DraftKings Sportsbook down in Las Vegas. One of my favorite guests to chat with because he's the man who sets the lines for sporting events. And on Sunday night, I'm not going to call it a sporting event, Johnny, but there is a boxing exhibition between Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather. And it is my understanding that DraftKings not offering a line on the fight. Can you explain to me kind of the methodology methodology behind that? Because that's going to be a pretty popular event on Sunday night. How you doing, Johnny? Hey, Aaron. I'm doing great, thanks. Yeah, unfortunately, we can't do it. Um, I had a, I had somebody uh, email in and said to me, uh, All right, how come you guys aren't doing it? Are you scared to do it? Uh, no, we are not scared to do it. Uh, we need permission from regulators. And since this is a, uh, you know, just a uh, exhibition, uh, competition, so to speak, the regulators did not give us permission to do it. So, uh, in DraftKings fashion, we went ahead and set up a, a pool, a free pool that anyone can bet from anywhere. Uh, you guys have it up there that has, uh, it has some different types of propositions, like uh, will the fighters touch gloves before the fight? Will the fight go to distance? Uh, will it be a knockout in the first four rounds? How many knockouts will there be over under one and a half? Um, will either box, boxer touch the ropes in the first round? And there's about ten different propositions that you can play, and it's for 50000 We put up to fifty, um, and whoever has the most, Winners on, a, on all the props get to split the money, or if there's one winner, he gets it all. But um, that's what we did, went ahead and did. Now, there is one, you know, it's one of those cards where uh, we can do some of the fights that uh, that are sanctioned, um, and there's only one of them, actually. It's it's Jack versus uh, Kalina, and uh, there's another there's a, there's a, another fight on there. It's an exhibition. That's Chad Johnson fighting uh, Maxwell. Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, for me, I'm most interested in the Mayweather Paul, and I have seen lines at something with Mayweather as a minus sixteen hundred favorite, but you can't find that on DraftKings. So, not much really to discuss when it comes to that. We know Floyd, May- Floyd Mayweather is fifty and zero in his boxing career, and we know that LeBron James is fourteen and zero in his career in the first round of the NBA playoffs, but. That record could very well change to 14-1 and tonight if the Lakers were to fall to Phoenix at home in Game 6. Now, I'm seeing a, a, a line, a point spread on this game with the Lakers as minus two favorites, but how do you really go about setting a line considering the uncertainty with Anthony Davis, and what do you think he's worth to the Lakers as far as the line goes? Well, we have to put it up. You just can't leave it off the board with a big game like this. So, you know, we, we put it up with our guest that he's probably going to play. Um, yeah, you know, that's in jeopardy for LeBron for sure. Um, I don't think uh, that Mayweather's 50-0 you know, is in jeopardy. No. Um, if anything, it would be a draw or no knockdown, so no decision, uh, no knockouts or no decision. But, yeah, this team's in a little bit of trouble, the Lakers. Uh, you know, AD is uh, – He's not feeling well. He's got all. He's got a couple of problems, not just one. Uh, I don't think the Lakers have any depth. They got a two-man team, and that's hard to win with two players. Uh, you, you rely on two players, and one's not healthy. So, um, 
Yeah, you know, this this could swing. This line could also swing to uh, the Suns a small favorite, um, or uh, people will probably bet the Lakers it may go up a little bit. But, um, yeah, a lot of uncertainty there with the L.A. Lakers. It is remarkable to think, Johnny, that at the beginning of the playoffs, it was the Lakers and the Clippers who had the best odds to win the West, and both of whom are on the ropes now heading into Game 6 with Luka putting on just an absolute clinic last night for the Mavs, and Kawhi, our former favorite player here in Toronto, the air ball at the end of regulation, which I particularly enjoyed. Explain to us exactly how the exposure works for DraftKings, because clearly the Lakers and the Clippers, very public teams, and I'm sure were heavily bet on the futures market throughout the season. Who is your biggest exposure as far as, let's use a team in the West, like the Lakers or the Clippers, or is there someone else that I'm overlooking? You know, that's why you're, you weren't seeing, uh, you know, really high odds on the Lakers and the Clippers before last night, and you're still not. Uh, Lakers are 11, Clippers are 12 to 1. Uh, they were both around the 4 to 1, 5 to 1 range, and the reason is because of that exposure you mentioned. These two teams have been bad all year. Um, yeah, our hazards stand with the Lakers for sure. Uh, the Nets have been bet all year long. Uh, a lot of that has to do with the East Coast bias. Um, you know, when hard, there were rumors of Harden going there, and he was bet. They, uh, some of the betters got some pretty good odds there on the Nets. Uh, one team we have, a couple of teams we have a little bit of exposure on. 76ers a little. Atlanta uh, Hawks took uh, a bet to win a million dollars on the Hawks to win the championship. Um, so that put us in a you know a little bit of exposure on them. Uh, the rest of the teams were in pretty good shape on the Bucks, uh, Suns, Nuggets, uh, Mavs, and and Trailblazers. Uh, so uh, a long way to go here, Aaron. You know what? Uh, nobody's counted out yet. The Jazz seem to be in a pretty good spot. Nets seem to be in a pretty good spot. But still, like I said, a lot of time. Johnny Avello from DraftKings down in Vegas is our guest here on The Edge. I am Aaron Korolnik, and you mentioned the Bucks and the Nets. That game, um, game one tomorrow night, and massive over-under of 239.5. Just that game is going to be a high-scoring affair. So will the series as a whole. And considering the Lakers and the Clippers are on the ropes, Johnny, you look at the Bucks and the Nets, I mean... It seems like a reasonable bet right now that one of those two will emerge from the East and emerge potentially as NBA champions. So where is the money coming in as far as the futures market in the Eastern Conference? And I know there's a lot of money riding on Brooklyn, but has anybody been backing Milwaukee over Brooklyn in that series? What what, what has the handle been at DraftKings in that respect? Uh, no, the, uh, the the Nets are the team that's, that's being bet. Um, they're... You know the line in that is uh, Brooklyn two dollars, uh, Bucks a dollar sixty. So there's still a little bit of net money even laying the two dollars. Um, it's a it's a price that's probably a bit high, Aaron, because of some of our exposure on the nets. And so that's what you do as a bookmaker. Maybe that price should be closer to eighty or ninety cents. Uh, so sometimes as a bookmaker, you, you try to force some money on the other side if. The, the players don't want to bet the other side and continue to bet the Nets, well, you know, the feeling is they're probably laying a, a worse price. So uh, the Nets are going to continue to be bet. I think the Bucks have a viable shot here. The team that's, you know, had a lot of playoff experience hasn't got there yet, but it has been close. And, uh, you know, it's 
it's a complete team. So this ought to be a, just a great series with a lot of offense. Yeah, unbelievable NBA playoff so far, and I think it'll continue tonight with the with Denver and Portland, and then the late game, uh, the Lakers and the Suns. Johnny, thank you for all as always for doing this for for us, and uh, we love having you on the show. Love to do it again down the road. So thank you for this. You're welcome. Have a all great right. weekend. Great day. You too. That is Johnny Avello, the director of race and sportsbook operations for DraftKings down in Vegas. Man, what a cool job. And uh, I'm sure there's some stories to tell, an autobiography of sorts, when Johnny's illustrious career as a bookmaker is over with DraftKings. Uh, We'll wrap things up with a look at the NHL and the NBA boards tonight. Plus, the Junos go this weekend, and I have discovered some value that I'm going to pass along to the audience coming up after the break. That's next on The Edge. You're listening to The Edge with Aaron Karolnik, giving you the expert advantage in the world of gambling and fantasy. Olivia Rodrigo, not a Canadian, but um, also a a terrific performer. They can all agree that's a song from her latest album, Sour, which is great stuff. stuff. Big fan of Olivia Rodrigo and big fan of the Euros next week. By the way, welcome back to The Edge. I'm Aaron Carolla. The Euro 2020 tournament finally begins. Next week, next Friday, and you know next week's show, we're going to be delving deep into the Euros because with the Maple Leafs out, you know, us here in Toronto, we we need to uh, get a little gritty when it comes to our wagering, and the Euros will be a prime example of that. So look forward to that on next week's show, and look forward to Sunday night. Now we talked about the Logan Paul-Floyd Mayweather fight where Logan Paul, a plus 800 underdog against Mayweather, and I wouldn't be putting my money on that, especially considering Johnny Avello of DraftKings mentioned they're not even offering a price on that fight because it's not sanctioned by Las Vegas. But what is sanctioned is odds on the Juno Awards. That's right, the Junos, the best in Canadian music. That happens on Sunday night, and there's one prop we want to focus on in particular Album of the Year, The Weekends After Hours, The Prohibitive Favorite. And I'm looking at Bieber. His album, Changes, had some absolute bangers on it. A pretty significant underdog. I think there could be some value there with regards to Bieber. And, man, it's, in- it's incredible. You think about all the Canadian talent and music. Like, wow. Bieber, The Weeknd. Leonard Cohen is up for Album of the Year. Honestly, did not know Leonard Cohen was still putting out music, but kudos to him, a living legend for sure. Uh, That concludes our time here on The Edge. Thanks to all of our guests. Thanks to Chris Diavero, a.k.a. 20 Fingers, for his great work behind the glass. And next week, the Euros. Oh, baby. Italy. I know Carlo Coliacovo will be supporting Italy. It's going to get pretty Bang! heated on TSN 1050 for the next month or so. You'll want to stick around for the best bets on that tournament when we, we reconvene next week here on The Edge. Thanks for being with us. We'll speak to you next, two, next Thursday, I should say, at 10 a.m.